0: There are many different paths you can take. But there's only
1: one road to Atlanta.
0: A high drive deep out to
1: left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flare out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzie Albie. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves Farm System and Braves Prospects. I am one of your hosts, a very sickly Eric Cole. You may recognize me for my work over on powderybower.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. I am not feeling particularly well today. Uh, fortunately, did my COVID test and all that stuff. Everything's fine. It's not feeling particularly great, so I apologize if my voice ends up sounding a little bit rough towards the end of the episode, but fortunately... I have my good buddy and long time colleague. You can follow him on Twitter at BravesMILB. Garrett Spain, how are you, my friend?
0: Well, I, uh, seems like I'm doing a whole lot better than you are right now. So that's, uh, the good news on that one.
1: Yeah. The struggle's been real today. I've been like asleep for half the day, basically. I, I woke up really, like really 330, 4 o'clock in the morning, not feeling well. Uh, managed to get the kids and everyone off to school, took a nap. Got back up, tried to do a Twitter Q&A, that wore me out, took another nap. It's been kind of a, it's been kind of a tough day in terms of just not feeling awesome. But I did want to make sure that if I, if I could record tonight, I did want to record because actually it's been a pretty fun week down there in the minor leagues. And we're going to be getting into that tonight where we're just, again, for those who aren't aware, the way this show normally goes is that we take, we look at the first, any prospects either make their debuts or, you know, are maybe still have an exhausted prospect eligibility or like youngish guys. And you are going to have kind of a wide range of guys that we're talking about at the major league level. And then we go minor league level by minor league level, Gwinnett, Mississippi, Rome, and then Augusta, talking about the goings-on in the minor leagues, who's been good, who's not been good, and just running those down so that everyone can get caught up on all their minor league action. Uh, if you are not having been following our recaps on the site, make sure you do that, first of all, at batterypower.com. We recap every single minor league game. That happens every single night. So if you want to make sure that you want to get a daily sort of update, make sure you check out those recaps. But for this is for a podcast who just like. Hey, I just want to have something to listen to and just have a quick update as to who the, how the big names are doing. Who are some guys who are kind of showing out that maybe aren't big names that we, that you may not be normally aware of. And this is for those types of folks or just for diehards who just want every, any and all information they can get their hands on. It's really for, it's really for everybody who likes the minor leagues, but especially those who kind of just want to get caught up really quick as opposed to having like re, a recap every single day. So Garrett, first things first, we're going to talk a little bit about the major leagues and there's been some, uh, there's been some things happening, uh, particularly a, pitching prospect that I know for sure I was very adamant in saying that I would not be surprised if he was gonna be a rotation candidate out of spring training. He ends up making his his debut, a few other roster moves, and just guys just really kind of just doing pretty well. So talk to us a little bit about what's going on at the major league level.
0: Yeah, so the the starting one is going to be that Jacob Webb was DFA'd um to make room for Bryce Elder who made his I, I defend that move. Uh Webb?
1: Yeah, I still I don't, I don't understand what yeah. DFA. DFA of all the guys that DFA, I, just, I still don't understand I, Web.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't know. that's that's a weird one of the group, but yeah, I mean I guess they really like uh um Travis Damerd a whole lot, I guess, and Sean Newcomb. I guess those are their guys. Yeah. I don't I don't really know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Web, I like Web, but. You know, maybe that's a guy that they looked at the risk and thought, this is not a guy that's going to get picked up. Who, who really knows? But Bryce Elder made his debut. Uh, his debut was really good. Um, it, it, he was facing the nationals, so it's not like it's the, you know, greatest lineup ever, but he pitched very well, uh, struggled towards the end. You know, he seemed to run out of gas and left some balls over the plate. Juan Soto hit a ball, you know, hit a missile off of him, which sets Juan Soto for you. He's going to get you. A lot more often than you want him to but he did great in his first start his last start the command wasn't all there uh, that was last night his command was not all there uh but he held together he only allowed one or two runs I can't remember the final line there but he only round allowed a couple runs and in general you know not a great start but not uh it was not a good start but he was able to do well enough to put the team in position to win if they had bothered to you know score any runs at all. Uh, on to the other two main guys at the major league level, Spencer Strider it continues to shove at that level. I I don't know how I mean I mean the role he's in right now he's excelling in and maybe they're just going to keep him there. I don't mind that with him you know as long as he's getting those multi inning outings, I think that that's really good for I think that he can still develop in that role. And kind of develop as a starter, even if he is in the bullpen, if he's getting those multi-inning outings, he stretched out long enough to make spot starts or even if he keeps pitching like this, he, he's going to make a run for the, uh, rotation pretty soon. I mean, uh, he's been on a completely different level than a lot of those backing guys have been. And then Kyle Wright, uh, put together another Really amazing start. I mean, this is the best that we've seen him at any point in his career. Um, Throughout college, throughout his professional career, his curveball is the best it's ever been. His changeup is the best it's ever been. He's attacking the zone more than it's ever been. I mean, this is – if he can hold it together, I mean, this is a legitimate MLB quality starter. I mean, he's looked really, really, really good. And if he can pitch at a high level – you know, obviously he's not going to do this all season. None of us expect that. But if he can pitch at a high level and keep attacking like that, I mean, adding that depth to the rotation makes this a significantly better team throughout because that's, you know, the last couple of years you had two, three guys as you could trust to get wins. And then beyond that, you were really hoping you scored a lot of runs. If they can add another piece into that uh, rotation that can give them innings and, give them really quality starts, that's going to do a lot for the bullpen, for the health of the bullpen, and it's going to do a lot for the team not having to score, you know, eight runs every game to win games.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting to see what Wright's been doing, and uh, I've been pretty famously very skeptical of anything that Kyle Wright does, and I think for very good reason. Uh We've seen him be good for, like, entire halves in the minor league season, I think it's fair to say. Uh, you know, like two different stints in Gwinnett where he was like, you know, like, okay, maybe he's finally turned a corner and he just was not able to get it done in the major leagues. And now, you know, the, the approach the second time through a lineup has been so so much better. He's just trusting his stuff. And he's been commanding his pitches well. And when he's been missing, he's been missing in ways that still generate swings and still is useful. And an at bat, he changes, eye, he's been changing eye levels really well. Uh, the one thing that I noticed whenever he was kind of going to the second time through a lineup is that he very consistently worked down in the zone and it really kind of limited him because batters really started keying in on his pitches. So he either had to throw down in the zone, in the zone and risk getting hit really hard or, you know, basically spiking pitches and that led to walks and that just things kind of got out of hand from there. Whereas he's just continuing to be the same guy each time through the lineup. Maybe throwing, you know, more, more changeups and more off speed stuff the second time through a lineup, but that's not, it, that's just how, what happens for any pitcher, right? So uh, I think he's looked really, really good. Uh, hopefully he can continue to keep it up. It's been interesting to me with Strider and Elder because while they both looked good, uh, I think that even with Elder not looking particularly sharp in his last start, that guy battled the entire way out of that, you know, against a pretty good, you know, San Diego Padres team. he still battled and only giving up a couple runs. I Like, after that first inning, I just thought he was going to get shelled. But he, he battled and somehow gave them close, you know, got pitched into the fifth inning there. And obviously Strider was great in relief. He basically – it was – the the Braves only in a game where, you know, it looked like Elder might not make it out of the second inning. They only threw two pitchers in that game, and that was Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider. And what's wild to me about those two guys is that we like these are like this is some of the worst command I've seen out of these two guys (laughs) since since I've been watching them. Uh, We actually haven't seen the best of them. You know, Elder is capable of throwing the ball harder and commanding the ball better. Strider probably not capable of throwing the ball harder because he's really throwing hard, but he can command even better than what he is right now. So especially like the breaking ball. We we haven't seen him really fully develop that change up yet, so we actually haven't seen the best version of those two guys, and they've still been doing well at the major in the major league. So that's been exciting to see. I still don't know. Agree with the the move to DFA Jacob Webb. We still don't actually know. Like I am reasonably certain that that move was made on the twelfth, and we still don't know if he's been claimed or if he's been outrighted to Gwinnett, like that, there's just not been a transaction for that, at least not that we've been able to find. He just kind of just doesn't exist at the moment. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens with him in terms of you know, actually making it through and not getting claimed, etc. So again, overall happy with what, how the young guys are doing in the major leagues. But now let's go to Gwinnett Garrett, because uh, Gwinnett's a weird team in that it does have a couple prospects, like true prospects on it, but there's a lot of like quad A type guys, but I really thought this team was going to be bad. If I'm just going to be honest, and they've actually been doing okay. They've been you know, at least at least holding their own is the best way I know how to describe it. Um, talk to us a little bit what's been going on. In Gwinnett. uh you know, again a couple of good pitching performances, and then some some guys who actually had pretty good weeks on the, at the plate as well.
0: Yeah, I think you know before the season we kind of all thought like this is going to be the team to watch pitching wise, or one of the teams to watch, and like everybody's at the major leagues now, and so it's kind of. Uh, Week down there, but Kyle Muller is, I mean, the clear leader of that pitching staff right now. And he's, his first three starts, he's looked really, really good. He struggled some in spring training. And so there was kind of a worry, I guess, whether that would carry over into the regular season. And it really didn't. And his last start this week was the best, as good as we've seen him. He made really one mistake in the game. He allowed a home run after a four pitch walk where, you know, things kind of got away from him for a minute. Other than that, I mean, he was pretty much flawless. He, you know, as good as you'll see him pitch. Um, another, you know, important note: he was originally scheduled to pitch Friday. He was pushed back two days, which could be a coincidence, but it does line him up perfectly with Bryce Elder. So this may be a situation where they're lining him up, and if they decide that Bryce Elder is not really ready or they want to pull him down. They have an option to go to Mueller. He's lined up on the same day. That is um uh, I mean I don't we obviously don't know what they're going to do there, but it seems pretty clear that that's a option for them that they're um pursuing or not necessarily pursuing but entertaining that idea that it could happen. Um too, you saw it. I struck out a ton of batters last day down there. He struck out eight in four innings. In his last start, but I mean, his control, his control and his command still haven't really improved. And as good as his stuff looks, I, until that control takes a step forward, he's just not going to, to make it at the major league level. And I don't, you know, I don't want to say, you know, he's 25, 26. I mean, time's not necessarily running out on him, but in terms of there's a lot of guys in this system. And if he wants to be a starter, I, I'm very skeptical that he's going to be able to because we just have not seen his control, take that step forward. And I like Tukey. I want to see him succeed. I just don't think that it's going to be as a starter. And I think the clock is kind of running out on that. Um, Jacelle De La Cruz had a pretty rough day. He got hit around pretty hard. And he's one of those guys where he throws strikes, but he doesn't hit corners. And so if guys start to key in on him, he can get hit hard. And that's what we saw in this outing. Um, it was another outing where he only went 40 pitches, which it was kind of feeding into the idea that they're not really letting him go through a lineup more than once. Uh, and I just think that that's – I think that that's his role going forward. He could be an opener that goes – gives you two or three innings of in bulk, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to give you five or six innings. He's just really an opener type or a uh, reliever for me. And then another impressive guy has been Nolan Kingham. He pitched really well last week. He has not allowed a run. You know, he's not a guy that is going to get a ton of attention just because he doesn't have a big fastball. He's not a guy that's going to strike out a lot of guys, but, you know, he gets a ton of ground balls, a ton of weak contact, throws a bunch of strikes. And he's a guy that could fit into a role like Josh Chomlin had for a couple of years where he give, can give you two or three innings out of the bullpen, give you solid innings and, you know, come in in tough situations where you you're down five or six runs and give you a solid performance at that. And he's, I love the way his st- stuff plays in relief. I think his curveball plays up a lot in relief. It looks a lot better to me in that role. Um, I don't think his arsenal is deep enough for him to go back to starting. We saw him get beat up a lot at AAA last year, but I think that kingdom is a guy that we can see in the major leagues this year. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily likely, but I do think that if he continues to play this well, there's a shot that he can make it this year and he'll definitely I think get a shot out of spring training next year to take one of those spots in the bullpen um on the offensive side last week was um, not all that great for them uh Grayson Janista on the other hand uh hit two more home runs and it's kind of about all he's doing down there but I mean, if you're hitting oh, a couple he's, he's home runs he's a week, striking, Oh, he's striking out too. <laughs> yeah, he's striking out and he's hitting on runs. And that's uh, the greatest experience, to experience right now. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. He can hit the ball a long way. If he can hit even just a tiny bit, and oh, I'm very skeptical of that. If he can hit just a tiny bit, I mean, he's a guy that could fit in as a bench player. I mean, I think even with his power, he doesn't necessarily have to be a guy that you know, strikes out 25% of the time, if he can just put the ball and play enough, that's a guy that you could have as a power bat off the bench. You know, I think more of the issue with him is that he's limited defensively. And so, you know, if he could play center field, then you're looking at a guy that you could put on the bench and say, hey, if you hit me a home run every now and then, that's great. A, You know, where he is now, where the pinch, with the DH, the pinch hitter's not really a thing. So... If he's limited defensively, there's not really a whole lot of roles at the major league level for a bench guy like that. So it's kind of kind of be interesting to see if the bat develops enough for him to take a bench role. I, I just don't know that. Travis DeMerrit is in the same boat. I mean, he hit the ball. He's hitting missiles down there. But, I mean, he still can't hit it at the major league level. And until he does, that's kind of what he is. Uh, but the guy that... Did turn it around last week with Justin Dean. Uh He had a really rough first week. I mean, he did not look good at all. Last sure week, that. he didn't strike out a ton. He was putting the ball in play. Balls were getting through for him. He went 5 for 13 over the week, and that's – I mean, he's going to have to hit again to make the major league level. And he doesn't have – with his defense, with his speed, he doesn't have to hit a ton to make. You know, a fourth, fifth out builder role, but he does have to hit somewhat and seeing him kind of turn around and look a lot better on the offensive end is a great sign for him. We haven't seen really any power production from him. We haven't seen him draw a ton of walks. Um, walks, I think are going to be a major thing for him. He is going to have to, he's not going to ever be, I don't think, an elite hitter. And so he's going to have to maximize his on base ability and his ability to use that speed and drawing walks is the best way to do that I don't think that him not drawing walks is uh any sign of anything I think that's just a small sample size you know anomaly and he's gonna be fine in that regard he's never been a guy that's had been overly aggressive or anything so I think that he's gonna be fine he's just hasn't really done it yet um but on to the bigger names on the offensive end William Contreras had
1: a—he
0: he looked that great. You know, last year <laughs> he's been fine. Yeah, he's he, he's been fine. You know, last year at AAA we saw him hitting—I mean, absolute tanks. And right now he's not really elevating the ball a lot. We're seeing a ton of ground balls from him, and you know that's not—I that's just a small sample size thing for him. He's going to start elevating the ball and hitting the ball farther. That's just, We have enough of a sample size on Contreras throughout his career to know that he's going to hit for power, and so I don't think that's a concern for him. Just right now, he's hitting a lot of ground balls. The important thing is he's striking out less than 20% of the time, and, I mean, he's walking more than 10% of the time. And if he keeps doing that, I mean – He's going to do just fine for himself and he's going to push himself into a major role eventually. Uh, you know, whether that's next year, whether that's later this year, he, if he hits at the AAA level, he's going to get a shot. And right now he's hitting even if he's not necessarily hitting for the power we expect yet. Though I think that comes. Um, Braden Shoemaker, you know, you, you said on Twitter that he was struggling with a back issue. He's back in the lineup. Uh, he did not look as great as he did his first week, that's kind of to be expected. I mean, coming off of, you know, you ramp up and then you immediately shut it down. You struggle a little bit to come back, but overall, I mean, I think he did fine. He put some hard balls into play. He actually, I think his hardest hit balls were all outs uh, throughout the week from what I saw of him. He had a few balls that snuck through for a couple of hits. Overall, not a great week for him, but the more important thing is, is he's back in the lineup. Um, he played, made some really, really good defensive plays. Now He made a diving play to save a run on Sunday's game, I think it was. It was either Sunday's or Friday's game because it was the game I recapped. So it was either Sunday or Friday. He made a really great diving play at shortstop. Um, I love the way his arm plays out there. He has a lot of backspin on the ball. He doesn't tend to skip balls over to first base. He gets it to first base and gets it on the glove of the first baseman. I love the way that he's uh delivering the ball to first base. It's going to... You know, having that steady arm that doesn't throw balls away is important at shortstop, and he's done that very well. The most notable thing for him offensively is that he still has not drawn a walk yet this year. And you know, like I said with Dean, normally you chalk that up to sample size; it's not a big deal. He also walked less than five percent of the time last year, and he he needs to draw walks. He, he, the power production is important. We want to see him hit for power. We want to see him hit. But if he doesn't draw walks, that makes a significant impact on a guy that we kind of think offensively is on the fringe where if he takes a step forward, suddenly he's a starter. If he takes a step back, he's more of a utility guy. If he's even that. And when you have that guy on the fringe, not drawing walks is one of those major red flags that can impact a guy's uh, ability to stick in the major league level. I don't. He's not a guy that has a bad command of the strike zone. I think he does – I think he knows what strikes are and what balls aren't. He's just a little too aggressive in the zone. He swings early. Uh, He's always looking to make contact, and he's just got to get a little bit more selective with what he's swinging at um, and look to drive the ball more often. Um, And if he does that, we'll see the power production increase. We'll see the walks increase. But right now he's not doing that, and it – Makes his overall performance look not. It it's definitely a red flag that his overall performance may suffer if he isn't able to take that step.
1: Yeah, I just want to echo on a couple things. Um, You know, the Grayson Janista experience is you know he definitely can hit the balls out. He just definitely can't hit them very much. Uh, So I'm I'm kind of curious as to whether or not that he can kind of. It's definitely been better than it was last year, at least in the early going. So we'll see if he can kind of continue to – like if he's a guy who hits like 250, 260 but hits, hits a bunch of bombs, that's a very different sort of thing than a guy who hits 220 and hits a bunch of bombs because the, one of those guys is actually a really useful player and another one is you know, – isn't even a major league quality level player. Uh, I did like the way that Kyle Muller looked. Uh, I just – you know, he – the quality of his stuff, just the the movement he was getting on his fastball, how aggressive he was being with that fastball too, uh, looked really really good. I'm completely off the Jesse De La Cruz train at this point. I just think he's a reliever. Uh, I, I think that there's some health stuff going on. I think that there's a, a guy that just can't hold up over the course of being a starter. Uh The same, and I don't think it's a a health issue with Tukey. I just think that the Braves have kind of haven't been able to figure out what to do with him. Uh, he he hasn't been able to stick as a starter, and he wasn't able to stick as a reliever. He had multiple opportunities at both. Uh, I think at this point that they just need to kind of say, "Look, listen, Tukey, you, you're a reliever. And this is what we're going to need you to be," and go from there. Because while you know, again, some of he has he'll post some godly strikeout totals. Uh, it's just you know when he makes mistakes, sometimes he makes mistakes down the middle, uh, and other times he just can't. You know, can't keep walking guys. And this is, those are two things that are just not tenable in the major leagues right now. If you make mistakes in the, in the strike zone, then you're going to be getting hit, knocked around. And when you already have a walk problem, that's just generally not a good place to be. Uh, I did report that Braden Shoemaker did have a, a back issue that he was dealing with. Oddly enough, I, I heard the day that he came back before the game, I heard that he was dealing with a back issue and he was going to be back. If not that night, then the night, the next night, uh, turns out he came back that night. I'm not too worried about him. It was a two for 11 week. But, at the same time, like that was his first week back from dealing with an injury. I think that we're dealing with a really small sample size in terms of what like what his walk rate's going to be this year. But I think that over time as you know if he's able to demonstrate that he can punish pitches in the zone, then it, then it will be determining as to whether not because because then pitchers are going to stop you know they're gonna have to respect the fact that he can do damage in the zone so one of two things is going to be true: either he can't demonstrate that he is a an impact bat in a lot of ways and then in which case he might not walk all that much and that'll tell us a lot but if he's able to demonstrate on a consistent basis that he's going to punish pitches in the strike zone and then he starts getting pitched out of the zone more then it comes down to what his approach is going to be if that makes any sense um you know William Contreras again not a great week a lot of ground balls but we're talking about a pretty small sample size with him I think he'll be fine uh he's he's an offensive minded catcher as long as he's going to continuing to develop and learning what to do against those outside sliders that really victimize them at the major leagues. Then, you know, which is just not swing at them. <laughs> um, if he can do, if he can do that, then he's going to be doing a lot of way. And re- it's worth noting too, that the offensive bar for catchers pretty low. So it's not like he's a guy that has hit 300 to really demonstrate that he's going to be a guy that's, uh, uh that's worth looking at the major leagues. Uh, now we go to Mississippi, uh, well, the, where they were with Biloxi, I believe, and uh, the reason I know that is because the camera that they use down there seems to be mounted at the top of a space shuttle behind home plate. Um, so really kind of hard to kind of get a good look, particularly at pitchers, unfortunately, uh, to kind of get a good sense as to kind of what pitches were looking like, et cetera, et cetera. But we did have uh, some strong offensive performances as well as, some, as well as some good pitching performances, too. So overall, kind of talk to us a little bit what's been going on in Mississippi before we go to a break.
0: Yeah, so Mississippi got, uh, rolled last week.
1: Uh,
0: that Biloxi team is really, really good. They've lost one game. It was to Mississippi and the only game they've lost, uh, was a five inning game that got shortened by the rain. Uh, so it's a really good team that they're facing up against and, uh, it showed because Mississippi got destroyed. Not, uh, some of those games were fairly close, but in general, they were outplayed all week. Obviously, I mean, the best player on that team by a very wide margin's Michael Harris. And you can see it in pretty much every game he plays. I mean, defensively, offensively on the basis, he's making an impact in some way in every game. He has either a nine or ten game hitting streak right now. I can't I he's I, hit. I lost. He's hit safely in all of them. <laughs> so yeah. all so you look, getting, Miss-
1: yeah, look at Mississippi's record, add the games together. That's what
0: his hitting streak currently yeah. is. He has a nine yeah, a nine game hitting streak. I mean, he's hitting everything right now. You know, he had a Kind of an uptick in strikeouts this week, but, like, I mean, you know, again, small samples, whatever. Who cares? Um, You know, not a ton of walks. You know, he kind of started this way last year. He was a little aggressive early in the year, and then he kind of settled back in. So, again, not a thing to be concerned about. But the good thing this week, he had four extra base hits. None of them were home runs, but a couple of them were balls that were very, very close. And, you know, that's opposite field dead center. He's hitting balls at the base of the wall. I mean – you know, you look at it and you say, well, he doesn't have any home runs yet. Well, he's still producing a lot of power and he's hitting the ball a long way. and You know, come summer, the ball carries a little bit more. He starts turning the ball a little more and suddenly he's hitting a lot of balls over those walls. And uh, I mean, he's looked really, really good on, on all sides of the ball and he's everything we thought he was going to be at this point. I, I have nothing really bad to say that he's done. He's kind of gone out and proven that he's the best player in the system at this point um Jesse Franklin on the other hand he was better than last week um he wasn't great but he was better than last week he's still striking out a ton and that's he's not hitting for a lot of power right now and he seems to be we saw this last year he's a streaky hitter and I think that he will probably go through a streak where he lights the world up and then at other times, he's not going to be very good. Right now, he's not very good. Uh And I, I will say about Franklin, he has improved defensively. He's a little bit more mobile than we kind of saw at the beginning of the year with Rome last year. And he's playing a better defense. I don't think he's a center fielder by any means, but I think he's decent enough that I could see him playing a solid corner outfield rather than a guy that you put in the outfield because he can play there. But he's not really an outfielder. I think he's a solid outfielder. I think he's improved enough out there that I'm fairly confident in his defensive ability there. Um, the rest of the offense really didn't do a whole lot. Drew Lugbauer hit a couple of home runs. Uh, Luke Waddell has really not done anything to start this year, but really outside of Harris and Franklin, there's not a whole lot of players that are really all that interesting. Trey Harris didn't do very well. Uh, you know, that offense kind of like last year. It's a couple of guys and then there's not a whole lot. The pitching staff. On the other hand is pretty deep. I think the biggest news we had was William Woods, uh, was scratched from a start and then has been appearing out of the bullpen in the last couple of outings. And so it looks like that's what he's doing going forward. And I think that's the best move for him. I think that he's a reliever going forward and that's, uh, the best move is to just get him there now and let him develop in that role. Uh, Darius Vines has had a really, I mean, He walked like five guys, which he's never walked more than three. Or he walked four or five. I can't remember. But I think he walked four. He's never walked more than three in an outing. I don't think you're ever going to see him have as bad a command outing as he did that game. He just was not on. Uh, Same for Ron Hell. He walked five guys in like two innings or something, two or three innings. I mean.
1: Yeah, he looked, he's, he has not looked he, good this year at all. He's
0: had a re, he's had real trouble throwing strikes this year. So that's going to be an interesting one because he was a guy that was sneaking onto the back end of top 30 lists and whether he can, if he, if his command regresses, that's going to go away very, very quickly. Um, on the good news side, Freddie Tarnock was good. I mean, he didn't strike out as many batters as we saw last year, but he got a lot of ground balls, which is something he didn't do a ton last year. I think. I saw he was 95 to 97 on the fastball, something like that. He didn't allow any runs. Uh, you know, I think the question for him now is, is if he keeps pitching as well as he has at the AA level, how long are they going to keep him down there? Because there are openings at the AAA level and typically guys get 20 plus starts at that level, but we saw with Elder and Strider last year that there is some willingness to push guys that they do well. And Tarnak is getting to the point that He's doing well enough. You consider pushing him up, uh, but the biggest performance by a large margin was Jared Schuster, who struck out 12. He was I think so his, good. He was really good. I think his previous career high was like six strikeouts, and he struck out 12 batters. He struck out like the last eight that he faced. I, I mean, his off-speed stuff
1: is. <laughs> and, and it would have been more, It would have been better. That was the game that got cut out. That got cut in five innings. Yeah. Like he was still on the mound. It just got rained out.
0: I mean, he was absolutely lights out. The reports on the command were great. And I think that that's the big key for him is he needs to command the edges of the zone rather than living towards the middle of the plate. And that seems what he's been doing very well at the beginning of this season. And if he keeps that up, then that changes the profile of guy from, Oh, this is a guy that throws strikes, but can get burned to a guy. If he can hit his spots and hit the edges of the zone, that fastball is good enough that if he can stay towards the edges of the zone and get to his off-speed stuff, if he can get to his off-speed stuff, he's going to be really, really hard to hit. And so far this year, he's been doing a very good job of that.
1: Yeah. uh, It's all about just like the, look, the fastball was only sitting 90, 92 in that start uh, for Schuster, but if he can command it and just not make mistakes in the zone with it and, you know, hitters have to respect where he can command it. Then all of a sudden, all that off-speed stuff plays up. I mean, that changeup is a legitimately one of the better pitches in the entire system. So if he's able to maximize what that can do for him, and the, the breaking ball is good too, uh, it can't. At least it, it's not. It's not as consistently good as the changeup, but it can be really, really good for him. And if he's able to pitch off his fastball in a way that's productive rather than just having guys sit on the fastball, knowing that when he's going to throw it, it's not going to be something that's going to have a lot of life to it, or it's not going to be located particularly well. You know, 90-92 can get hit hit out by most major leaguers or most minor leaguers, even for that matter, double A and up. So if he's able to command it and he's spot hitting his spots with it, all of a sudden there's nothing he can really sit on, and that makes the changeup better, it makes the it makes the breaking ball better. Um, you know, I like what I've seen out of Freddie Tarnock. I do want to see him stretch out a little bit more, just to kind of I want him to kind of get get into throwing some five, six inning, you know, type games before we start talking about promoting him a little bit. Not sure what else to say about Michael Harris at this point. I mean, he's hit safely in every single game for Mississippi this year. Uh He's driving the ball. He got really close to hitting a couple of home runs out and, you know, playing really, really good defense out there in center field, Uh stealing bases. Again, just because you have a zero in the, in the home runs column right now does not really mean all that much. Uh Hitting the ball where he is right now the opposite way. He's a lot of his balls that he hits go the opposite way. Uh, which I like to see from a from a young guy. I do wish he just turn on. He would pull a couple, just turn on one, just like and send it out into the moon. Because this is a guy that has a significant raw power. Like significant. If he, if you watch him in batting practice, he actually puts on a show. Just his approach at the plate is just to hit the ball the other way and, you know, and make things happen. And he can really drive the ball the opposite way. But if he turned on a couple, I think you'd be surprised as to how far he could hit a ball. Uh, William Woods, I mean, I think he's a reliever and I've, I've thought that for a while. They, they kept trying to move him as a starter, but I think at this point, given how, given his age and all that stuff, they need to kind of make a decision relatively quickly here. And it seems like that you know, maybe the move to a bullpen seems like something's going to be happening. We'll see if that actually, uh, that actually sticks. (laughs) And as for, I did one note about Indigo Díaz, it's kind of wild to me how good he looked for Rome. Uh, and when he first got to Mississippi and then, you know, between after he had, after the the COVID outbreak in Mississippi and then the AFL in the beginning of this year, he's just looked like a completely lost pitcher. Uh, when he walked in, like he forced in the, like a walk-off run, uh, as the closer for Mississippi last week. And it was absolutely painful to watch. Uh, just couldn't throw strikes, couldn't get it done. And so it, hopefully he can kind of turn that one decent outing and kind of put together a string of good appearances here because, you know, for a, a really pitching prospect that we thought that actually had a real chance of, you know, maybe making some noise, he's been pretty rough this year. All right, before we talk about Roman Augusta, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. All right, Garrett. It's time to talk about Rome. Uh, I did visit Rome last week. Uh, Wayne also visited Rome, so we actually had some eyes on, you know, some like live eyes on guys and have some thoughts to share and all that. Yes. So uh, talk to us a little bit about your observations about Rome before we get, before I kind of get into what I saw. Yeah,
0: I mean, Rome ran into a really good team last year in Hudson Valley, and they did really well overall. I think they won that series. I think they they either took four, they either split or took four of the games. They did really well against Hudson Valley and that's not a weak team there. Um Von Grissom didn't have a great week actually. Uh, he's hitting, he's kind of in one of those phases where he's beating the ball straight into the ground right now. He's not uh, elevating very much. He had a couple of good line drives but he seems to be a little bit off of the ball right now. He had a little bit of, he had a few sh- more strikeouts than we're used to last week. It wasn't the greatest week for him. He had a few defensive miscues, too too. Uh, he just wasn't locked in last week. Um, overall, I'm not particularly worried. The swing looks fine. He just didn't have the greatest of weeks. Um, Justin Henry Molloy has had a really rough start to the season. He's striking out a ton. The hit tool was a question for him, but I did not think that it would become a problem now. I thought that he would hit well at this level, and it would kind of be double A when we started to see him strike out a lot. It's starting to be an issue now, and that's not the best. Again, it's early in the season for these guys, but it's more strikeouts than I was expecting from him this early in the season. I was expecting him to come out of the gates fairly hot. Now, guys who have come out of the gates hot, Landon Stevens hit home runs in three straight games last week and they were not cheap
1: they're not they're not, they're not cheap yet. no they're not easy <laughs> at
0: all he was absolutely annihilating baseballs last week i i mean he's not a guy that we're like you know that's a top 30 prospect guy he's a guy with legitimate power who's limited defensively who has swing and miss in his game and those guys can sometimes hit well enough to make it to the major leagues and more often than not they flame out he's a guy that has enough power that if he hits any little bit he's going to keep getting moved up right now he's hitting and if he keeps doing that he's going to get some attention Cody Milligan though I mean he had some strikeout issues last year uh not horrible but he struck out a fairly good bit last year this year not at all uh he has one strikeout in I think twenty. 20- Three or 24 plate appearances this year. He has one strikeout, and he's drawn 10 walks. He's hitting like 350-something at the top of that lineup. He's looked really, really good offensively. Uh, He's limited in his power. He can't really play shortstop, and so the major league potential for him is kind of questionable. Maybe you see him as a bench role, but with the way he's limited in his power and the inability to play shortstop, really he's not the best defender at second base either. That is a problem. He can hit the ball, but he's got to hit for enough power to make that worth it. And I haven't, we haven't seen that out of him as a professional, but it is pretty absurd to have 10 walks to one strikeout. Uh, the pitching staff, with one exception last week, did fantastic. Uh, Dylan Dodd was the exception. He got hit pretty hard. It seemed like Hudson Valley knew every single pitch that he was throwing. I mean, they were sitting on him and he, he didn't look that great. Um, he wasn't commanding the edges of the zone very well. He was leaving balls over the plate. It just wasn't his best outing. Roderick Munoz, on the other hand, uh, his first out, it was first outing of the year. I think it was his first outing of the year. He struck out seven guys in three and a third innings and that's kind of, I mean, he commanded the ball better than we saw most of the time last year. He had like the first start of the year. He commanded the ball well, and then after that, he wasn't very good. He commanded the ball really, really well last week. Um Struck out a ton of guys. His slider has improved a lot from last year. That's a uh, – he's definitely improved his stock over what we saw last year, and that was a guy that was already pushing towards the back end of that top 30 before the injury hit, and now – He, I think he's pushed himself squarely into that top thirty, and he looked really great last week. Andrew Hoffman, though, was incredibly impressive. His off-speed stuff, his curveball and his changeup were both fantastic. Especially his curveball. His fastball has a ton of horizontal movement. He doesn't have a ton of carry on the pitch. It's more of a, it's more run on the pitch than it is carry. But it's, it moves a ton. he doesn't have elite velocity, but he sits, you know, 92 to 94 and he holds that velocity well into games. Um, Wayne, Wayne Cavati had a great write up of him on battery power. I would suggest you go read that because it's going to be a lot more detailed and a lot more, uh, accurate than what we have. Well, I wouldn't say accurate, but it's a lot more detailed and he has videos. It's, it's a really great write up and I would suggest going to read that as soon as you, uh, uh, Turn this podcast off. If you haven't read it, go read Wine's Write Up because it was fantastic. Uh, Tanner Gordon though, struck out 14 guys in 6 innings. Yep, which- just like we all predicted. Rome. Yep. Right. Which Rome said on their Twitter was a franchise
1: record, uh, which is wild i would not expect tanner yeah gordon i, didn't, I wouldn't know. think so but at the same time i guess they don't let guys go long enough in games yeah. to get, get there so but yeah you know, I, he, I, he, I he I was would awesome
0: i'd expect tanner gordon to be the guy that held that record he did that a couple times last year where he'd have those one or two games where he was absolutely absurd overall he's not a guy that we look at as a significant prospect but every now and then he has some games that makes that kind of is pretty wild and then the bullpen is extremely deep. Lissandra uh, Santos is striking out everybody down there. Justin Yeager's command looks a little bit better than last year. That's a really live arm there. Rolly Munoz has another live arm. Um Alec Barger looked decent last year. I mean last game. I mean last year too, but he looked decent last week. Uh The guy that did not look very really good was Dylan Spain, who allowed his first runs and then in his next outing allowed two more runs. And, uh, Yeah, Hudson Valley had his number last week. He didn't look all that great. But all in all, I mean, that's a deep bullpen of guys that there's could be a couple of guys that come out of that bullpen to make it to the major league level, you know, in a few years. That's a solid group of guys and they can really hold games down.
1: Yeah, so I was at Rotary's start, uh, and I, I will I'll, I'll add a couple notes about things I saw first in batting practice, a name that hasn't been mentioned because it hasn't really lined up with like the game production, but Tyler Tolvey, the catching prospect for Rome, hits absolute tanks. I think he hit, he hit at least seven home runs in batting practice. It might have been more, more than that because I didn't get down to BP, but uh, until like halfway through his first round, and there was like a sequence of three straight swings where he hit one to, Right center, then dead center, then left center, none of which were cheapies. Um, and I didn't realize that he had that kind of power in his bat. Uh, he is not a small dude and he was very impressive. Again, you know, we haven't really seen that translate into like real in-game production. Uh, and that does matter. Landon Stevens was also, uh, uh, impressive in BP. Uh, but we already knew that he had a bunch of power because he just couldn't stop hitting home runs. Uh, I was there for Roderick's start and this was the start after, I mean, it was a bad, it was a rough game on Tuesday for Rome because this Hudson Valley team is very good. And they were very dialed in at the plate in the first game. Um, and they got absolutely butchered by a few guys. TJ Rumsfeld, uh, Rumfield had a really good game. Everson Pereira hit a home run that I'm not sure has landed yet. Um, you know, just a, but they were really dialed in at the plate. And while he had a lot of deep counts in this game, I really liked the way Rotary was pitching, uh, just getting a a lot of movement, uh, some of the deep counts were just uh, a pretty tight zone, uh in a in a in at least uh, in a somewhat inconsistent way. Um uh, and it wasn't like for what like for one team or the other, uh, but it did seem like that there's some pitches that like probably should have been called that just weren't uh a lot of fouled off pitches. I mean, again, there's some really good hitters on that team, so a lot of fouled off pitches and things like that. But and to battle the way he did and still punch out seven and you know, pitch into the fourth inning the way he did, there was a pretty firm seventy five pitch limit on pitching prospects through the middle of the week, if not later than that, last week. That first start, they did not want guys going further than that. So that's the only reason why he only he only went that far. But the fastball was sitting 95 to – we saw a couple 98s, mostly 95 to 97. Slider looked really, really good. Um, uh, a couple a couple ups that were okay, you know, and you know it was that he. It seems like he's really kind of he's a young prospect and he's raw, but he did he definitely was impressive. Alessandro uh, Sanchez, I mean, he just keeps striking out everybody. I imagine he won't be in Rome for much longer uh, in terms of that's how dominant he's been. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I saw. I mean, Vaughn Grissom's an interesting case because I know that like it the lines don't look good, but for example, the other day and this wasn't the game that I watched, but he went 0 for 2 with two walks. But those other two were reaching base on errors. Right? right? And like he impacts games more like if you just look at his stat line, he it might not have looked like he was a super impactful player, but he he really does make that offense hum in a lot of ways. And you know, he's he's drawing walks, he's getting on base, and he is he's forcing, you know, defenders to make plays on him, he's he's hustling every time. I, I like what I see out of him, even if the, even when the results haven't been great, he's still impacting games in real ways. Um, the Tanner Gordon thing, I mean, I, look, the fastball was sitting around, sitting 95 and he was commanding the crap out of it. And they just, a, a really good Hudson Valley Renegades team. Uh, this is, that's the Yankees affiliate with some like, pro, I think I counted seven top 30 prospects on it and he just handled them. So, uh, I don't know what to say about it other than that. And, uh, you know, congrats to Tanner Gordon. If he, and if he keeps pitching well, I mean, I know that Garrett mentioned that, you know, he's not a guy that's really on our radar quite yet. But when you strike out four guy, fourteen batters, and that's on a particularly good team, you're like, that doesn't, we, we definitely take notice of that. Uh, and it might be a case where, you know, if he puts, strings together some good outings, we might have to reevaluate our opinions of him. Because again, the command was great, the, the, the stuff was live, and if he can string together a few really good starts, then he's going to have our attention in a big way. Uh, and I agree with, uh, yeah, I thought that Wayne did a great job on his write up of Hoffman. and I thought Hoffman looked really good. It was a rough first start for Hoffman. Uh, he just seemed like he wasn't, he was, again, kind of wasn't really dialed in. It sounded like he was just leaving pitches over the plate too much, but overall really good start for him. Glad to see him do it because he's, he's a guy from that draft class that in the later part of that draft that we really, really liked. And I still think Dodd was, is going to be fine. Uh, he just, you know, again, he's just going to have to, you know, maybe work on sequencing a little bit, just kind of getting used to pitching in the pro game, pro game a little bit. But he's a guy that has a, a ton of pitches, knows how to pitch. He's just going to you go know, again, a little bit of an adjustment period early on in the season, but I think he's going to be fine. All right. So let's talk about the Augusta green jackets. And I'm going to go ahead and tell our listeners and let us, let them know that we did not make the trip to Augusta this week and there was no video of Augusta this week. So in terms of overarching analysis of what guys looked like at the plate. It's going to be lacking this week, unfortunately, but we do have some numbers on kind of what's going on in, from Augusta and in Loway. Uh, a couple, well, one pitcher who continues to blow our minds is how good he's been. Uh, and some ups and downs offensively. So talk to us a little bit what's been going on for the Green Jackets, Garrett. Yeah, so we expected a lot of
0: strikeouts from some of these young guys, and, uh, we got them last week. Uh, Caden Morton went over 18. Um, and, I don't need video to know that that's not good. Uh, he struck out yeah, 11 times, uh, not very good. Makai Backstrom striking out a lot this year. He has 10 strikeouts and I think 24 plate appearances. You know, he only has 18 at bats and 24 strikeouts. Also not very good. He does have six walks, uh, when he is making contact, he is hitting the ball a ton, but, uh, he's not hitting the ball as much as we would like to see him. The guy, uh, even Cal Connolly had quite a few strikeouts last week he had eight strikeouts in 25 at bats and he's a guy that we don't expect to strike out much um you know he's not an elite yeah that like, whole
1: team struck out a whole lot last week
0: you know uh he's not a guy that we expect to be like a 15 percent strikeout guy but we don't expect him to strike out 30 percent of the time so that's just a small thing now caleb durbin he didn't strike out in college and he is not striking out now he has two nope. strikeouts this year uh and uh yeah we he he is very context uh oriented he's going to put the bat on the ball at all costs um you know ultimately <laughs>
1: he, he's 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 our d two uh williams is
0: what he is right you know ultimately whether he hits for enough power whether he plays defense well enough to advance to through the levels is a question uh but he can really hit the ball i mean he can really really hit the ball. That's not a question. It's just a matter and he's strong – and he's fairly strong. It's just a matter of how much of that he produces in the games. Uh and right now he hit a home run last week. He's fine. He's been fine. But he is a guy that's borderline, uh kind of a bench type prospect that, you know, we're keeping our eye on, but we're not like extremely excited about him. Uh Brandon Mosquito though, I he has not been great but he has not been bad. You know, he struck out about 27% of the time, which isn't an ideal number. But really, for a guy his age at that level, he's 20 at that level, for a guy who already had hit dual questions, it's not horrible, uh, especially early in the year. I think he's done fine. He has a really good sense of the strike zone. He knows the strike zone very well. He's fairly patient. He looks for his pitch. He stri- He runs some deep counts, and he strikes out quite a bit but he's not striking out like 30-35% of the time where you really start to look at that as a red flag. He's striking out at that range where a good week can improve that. And as long as he hits for power, which he has not done yet, but if he starts hitting for power, you can look at you know a 25% strikeout rate and say, eh, that's fine. Just keep hitting the ball. Keep doing what you're doing. And I think overall, he's a raw guy that, has been fine. You know, we don't know really what he looked like last week, but in his first week, he looked fine. Uh, on the pitching side though, I mean, that's, that's where this team is really looking a lot better than I think we were expecting them to look. Uh And that starts with Roy Burslinas who struck out 13 guys after striking out 11 in his first game of the year. And yep. Yep. I have not rechecked the numbers, but I'm pretty sure he's leading all of the minor leagues in strikeouts Right now, um, 24 strikeouts in like nine and a third innings is a number that's hard to wrap your head around, especially for a starting pitcher. I don't, I don't know how much longer you can keep him in low A when he's doing that. I, I mean, there's just,
1: I, I give, if he, if he keeps pitching like that, it's two starts max. Right. Like, like I mean, he, you they, cannot, they, he might get moved up before that.
0: Right. Like it's a point where. At this point, it seems like they're just stretching him out because he's, I mean, the stuff is, is not getting challenged at this level. And now, again, Myrtle Beach struck out a ton last week. Myrtle Beach and the previous week, the Fireflies, neither of those teams are great offensive teams. Uh, and that is is worth mentioning. But he's dominating in a way that he is going to earn his way up very soon as long as he stays healthy and as long as he keeps doing that. I mean, it's going to be like by the end of the month, like at the very latest, it's going to be like next week sometime if he keeps doing this. AJ Smith Shaver had more walks in his first week. You know, we don't know how he looked, we don't know how the zone was, we don't ha- know how the plan was, but he did walk more guys, and we're going to expect that. I mean, he walked four guys, and I think three and two thirds or something like that, or is something like that. He also struck out six guys, and that's what he's going to be. He's going to walk some guys. He's going to strike out a ton of guys. And as long as he keeps making steady progress and the stuff is looking good, I mean, we're fine with that. You know, it, it's about refining that long term and kind of working on sequencing and getting used to those things at the lower levels. And as long as we continue to see improvement as the year goes on, we're not going to worry too much about, you know, having three, four walks in a game early in this year. It's just not that big of a deal. Uh, Adam Shoemaker though is a guy that it's not surprising that he's struggling. He's getting hit fairly hard, and he's just a guy. His command is not good enough at this stage. You know, he leaves the ball over the plate too much, and he doesn't. He's not like Smith Shawl, where he leaves the ball over the plate, but he throws a hundred, so it doesn't matter. Well, Smith, you know, Shoemaker's more you know low to mid nineties, and you know it's really more low nineties, and so that ball, even low A hitters can hit that, and so he's getting hit around a bit. He's walking some guys. Overall, he's just raw and it's going to be a process for him. I would not be surprised if he gets sent down to the GCL or gets sent down to extended at some point. I would not be surprised if he ends up repeating this level next year. Just right now, he's not at that level. You know, there's a lot of time to see how he progresses right now. However, he is just not at the stage where he's ready to be a guy that consistently gets outs at this level. Um Now, the guy that, I am most excited to have seen do well last week is Tyler Owens. He had a really rough year last year, um, just with injuries and he didn't look that great. He struck out five guys and pitched five scoreless innings, which is better than anything he did last year by a large, large margin. We need to get eyes on him and kind of see how the stuff looks, but the numbers for that first start, I mean, that's all you can ask for him. I mean, it's to pitch deep in games. As long as he stays healthy, he has the stuff to succeed, uh, And we want to see him kind of have that, uh, season, that comeback season. Uh, so on to the bullpen prospects. The major bullpen prospects, there's really two that we're looking at as major bullpen prospects, and that's Chris Anglin and James Acuna. Acuna looked great last week, six strikeouts over four innings. He's kind of a long relief option for, you know, he pitches late innings, but he can also pitch multiple innings. Uh Same with England. England looks really, looks really, really good down there. Uh, that curveball, is he's a big curveball, and he's one of those guys that, as a relief prospect, I'm watching him very closely. He's a guy that will probably get to move to Rome fairly soon into this year. He's just pitched really, really well down there at that level, and I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to start talking about more and more as a legitimate, one of the top relief prospects in the system.
1: Yeah, I actually want to touch on Angwin because he's been uh, kind of a piggyback option for the starters. Uh, for for Augusta, he's been pitching longer outings. I would not be shocked if he was converted to a starter. I just wouldn't. He's just been, he's been kind of pitching enough innings where I don't think it would be wild to see him all of a sudden, like getting a start and throwing five innings since it's not that far of a reach from where he is right now. I'm not sure if the stuff plays up in that role, but it wouldn't be surprising me if the Braves at least gave it a shot because he's just, again, he's been one of those guys that's gotten those longer outings, you know, to kind of, be, be an option towards some of these young guys who maybe can't go, you know, past that third inning or that fourth inning or whatever. Uh, he's come in and he's been kind of pitching long relief and doing really, really well with it, missing a ton of bats, uh, with that breaking ball. Uh, Roy I mean, there's just, if he pitches anywhere close to this good, the next two starts, that like, it's two starts max before he's moved up the road. He's like victimizing these poor guys down, or, down in Augusta. And if he, if they keep him down there, it's frankly a disservice to him. Cause I think that right now he's just kind of just, again it's just it's he's he's a, a man amongst boys right now in terms of the strikeouts uh and you know he's a guy that kind of wasn't really on our radar we he we he made a, he made it up to a full season ball late last year and just wasn't the guy that we were really keyed in on and now it's just he's like really bursting onto the scene in a big way, so really interested to see kind of what he looks like over the course of the next couple starts because I imagine that he could move relatively quickly uh AJ Smith's chopper, and and Adam Shoemaker's in the same boat here. These are young prep arms, both overslot guys that are raw pitching prospects with tons of stuff. Uh, Smith Chopper, fastball is 93, 97 when he, when he was pitching. Uh, Shoemaker, again a little bit less than that, but long levers, big frame kid. If he puts on some weight and can learn to command something, command his pitches a bit better, he's going to be in good shape. So these, these first couple of months for those guys, it's going to be a bit of a, a learning process for them, knowing what they can and can't do, uh, against professional hitters. And overall, I, not, nothing at all I'm worried about with the, any of those guys. The offense here is going to be a little bit rough in a lot of respects. Uh, they're, they're going to do some exciting stuff every once in a while they have some guys who can hit balls uh, roughly half a mile, but at the same time, they also have some really young hitters who have a long way to go. I'm very curious to see as to when uh, we will have guys like Tyler Collins and or Ambiores Tavares uh, join this team, that those are both guys that are kind of in the realm of possibility that as roster moves are made, that we could see those guys come up and potentially make it con- and potentially contribute. Uh, that does depend on a lot of things, you know, what you do with the rest of the infielders for Augusta and when they move up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Guys like Caleb Durbin and or Cal Conley could be guys that move and, you know, what you do with the rest of the outfield, et cetera, et cetera. So those are kind of going to be interesting things I'm going to look at over the next month and a half or so in terms of as they make roster moves, who's going to come up from extended, uh, to take those spots, uh, are they just gonna be like minor league free agent type signings, or are they actually going to give some of these guys that we have uh, held in fairly high regard? Are they gonna give them an opportunity to go into full season ball here? Um, beyond that, though, I mean, again, the, the Augusta's kind of a funny place. It's just you know, with the consolidation of the minor leagues, it's just the the quality of play in low A versus other years is very different, just because you don't have that kind of that rookie ball gauntlet to run guys through a couple times before they actually see full season ball so you know we've certainly seen some rough baseball being played but at the same time uh really some interesting prospects down there in Augusta uh and I'm with you I'm really happy to see Tyler Owens have a good start because at the end of the day he's one of those late round guys that isn't a true really late round guy uh he was an overslot you know prep arm that was highly regarded Matt loves him Um, and, you know, to have, you know, the injuries and, you know, just dealing with just not being particularly good last year was a, was a bummer because we really wish that he could have been able to show out. So hopefully that's that start that he had his first start of the season last week is a sign of things to come. Well, Garrett, that's all the time we've got for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to make sure you don't want to miss a single episode of Road to Atlanta, make sure you subscribe to the Battery Power Podcast on whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is. All you do is search Battery Power, Google Play iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you use to get your podcasts, you subscribe to Battery Power. Not only do we get this podcast, which is our minor league podcast, you'll also get the flagship show hosted by the great Brad Roland. You will also hear my voice on that uh, this uh, this coming week as well. Uh, I am a fairly regular co-host over there, and then we also have the Daily Hammer, which is a kind of a daily update type uh, podcast, which the great Sean Coleman does each and every week. Uh, the, the, I don't know, almost every day. I won't say it happens every day, but most days a hammer is dropped in so you can kind of know what's going on from the previous night's games, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure you continue to subscribe. Make sure you tell a friend, leave five-star reviews. That is all very, very helpful. We appreciate all the support on the podcast over the last few months. It's been greatly appreciated, both when we didn't have much to talk about with the lockout, and it is especially uh, helpful now that we actually have games going again and we can actually talk about real baseball. We appreciate everyone coming back. Listening, figuring out this minor league system as as, as things go along. Thanks again to, for the support. Until next time, we'll see you on the road.